I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we like to say we're going to help you keep it running as long as you want to own that vehicle. And Dan Burns, who is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive, is here again, as he's been for about 100 years now here on CC. Well, not quite. <laughs> you were young when you started. I was young when I started. When I started in my business, I was, I was younger than any employee that I had. And uh, today, of course, I'm... The oldest, significantly the oldest, <laughs> and that's where it should be. Well, that's a good long career. It so is. I'm, yeah, I'm right. proud of that. Yeah. And we we say this from time to time, but that just like uh, a lot of the construction companies are are begging and pleading for people who, uh, young people, hey, get into the construction trades. But the same with uh, auto technicians. That's true, and it's a great career. Yeah, I mean, it's a great week. Our guys have have uh, incredible four hundred one k and and all the benefits and and. Uh, you know, they draw a, a great wage and a great salary, and and uh, it's a but great, they're good at what they do too. You don't, well, you, don't, you don't you don't hire slouch acts. That's there. that's true with everybody. I mean, yeah. any any in, in any business, yeah. uh, you know, in order to do well, you need to be good. And, that's right. And so, yeah, go go into the field and and learn the business and uh, understand the business. It's fun. I mean, it's really fun. How did you do. ever get think? Of course, your father was. Yeah, my my dad. Growing up, my dad owned yeah. gas stations. You know, back in the old days, yeah. where you'd go get gas and an oil change and have your snow tires put on. That's and right, so, yeah. uh, I started working for him when I was a freshman in high school, and uh, never really left. You know, it it uh, it just stuck with. And and after college, I started with him and decided, well, I don't. I think I better go do my own deal. And so. Uh, you did. I did go do my own deal, and here I am now. All right. You have a son doing the same thing. Yeah, I do. He he started with me for a while, and the business got too small for the both of us, so he uh, <laughs> he uh, moved on to Denver, and he has two shops in Denver now. Good for him. Runs. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. We got kind of sidetracked there, but uh, we welcome your calls, your text messages. If you have any kind of a vehicle problem, maybe you want to question snow tires or oil or things like that. 651-989-9226 or uh, send a text 81807. And Dan, we promised uh, our listeners um, who uh, we didn't get their text messages read last week. I have some right. of those. Uh, today. We'll talk about that too. But uh, Bruce is calling in from Bloomington with a question. Hi, hi Bruce. Good morning. Well, good morning, Dan, Denny. What can we do for you? I've got a 2011 Hyundai Genesis Coupe and it leaks about it's just a small drop of oil I, I can see on my garage floor. I've had it in a few times, and I had it into the dealer. And uh, one time they they uh, actually found that it was transmission fluid, and they, they actually had a $1,500 job to fix that. But, you know, after all, I've been through had it in a couple times. I still see this small drop of oil on my garage floor. And so I'm wondering your opinion, Dan. What would you do at this point? Well, I would uh, I would get it diagnosed properly, which is not hard to do. We, what, you know, if you brought it into the shop, what we would do is degrease it. We would take all the shields off underneath and and uh, clean up the mess. And 
uh, dry it off real good, be sure that we have no sign of leak anywhere after that. And then we'll send you on the road for a couple days to as long as a couple of weeks and then have you back and look for it, find it. Uh, If it gets really difficult to find, there's fluorescent dyes that we can put in all the different fluids. And so if if we're having a hard time determining which, which of the fluids it is, then you can put this fluorescent dye in that we put on special glasses and it it just glows. It makes it so easy to see and find. Uh, but no, I would, uh, you know, first of all, nobody wants that mess on the garage floor. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, if it's that slow, it's probably not a concern for the car particularly, but uh, but it's a nice new car and it should be fixed. So uh, I think if you stick with it and I think if your shop sticks with it, they'll get to the bottom of it and figure it out. Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right, Bruce, thank you very much. 651-989-9226. Speaking of oil leak, well, this is not a leak, but what's your, texter says this, Dan, what's your take on oil? Uh, Name brand like Mobile One, uh, Haviland, Valvoline, or how about gas from, we're going to talk about that in a week or two, uh, gasoline uh, quality. Uh, Gas from uh, store brand, are they the same quality or lesser quality? (laughs) Are there differences in oil? Well, I'm old and I just go with, I've always gone with the theory, you know, if it good, better, best, and you pay the price according uh, yeah. to good, better, best, and you know certainly the name brands have have done a lot uh, to establish themselves as a name brand, and I'm sure they put out a good product. If you want to be safe, that's yeah. probably a a good way to go. And uh, as far as motor oil, though, the quality of motor oil has gotten incredible. You know, back in Many, many years ago when synthetic oils first came out, there was a huge difference in between a conventional oil and a synthetic oil. And that, that gap has gotten much narrower mm-hmm. nowadays. The synthetic oils are the, are the conventional oils have improved in the refining process. And, boy, there's not very many bad oils out there anymore. Yeah. They're, they're, pretty, they're all pretty good. And, uh, you know, for, for my issue, though, is that there's so darn many different ones. You know, there's 530, 520, 020, there's, you know, there's uh, 540 uh, and and all these different specifications that the manufacturer wants. So from my ish, my my perspective, I have to stock so many of them, which is That's true, you complicated. Do. We, uh, you know, have a policy that we only put in what the manufacturer recommends and uh, we stick to that very strongly. Um, that's smart. And that's for sure what I recommend, that, that people do that. But yeah, oil's gotten complicated just like everything on cars. What about oil filters? Are there differences in quality there? Same thing. We, Same for thing. sure. Okay. Yeah. No, for sure there's differences in oil filters. And, and when you think of an oil filter, don't forget there's a lot to it. You know, not only is there the filtering process, um, how quickly you, you want the filter good enough to be to do the job that it's supposed to be, but not so good that it just gets plugged right away. Oh, sure. Because that makes sense. If the fil- if the filter catches too much, that and and you run it too long, then what happens is you know all oil filters have a bypass valve in them. When the filter gets plugged, the oil simply opens up that valve. The pressure of the oil opens up that valve, and the oil no longer gets filtered. Mm. So, once the filter's plugged, uh, won't necessarily hurt the car, but it's also not filtering the oil anymore. Interesting. Yeah. We have to take a break. We'll have more show to come. Charles, Minneapolis, you're going to be first up here when we come back from the break on the phone. There is a line open, 651-989-9226. Text number is 81891.
888-900-0707. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with uh, Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Where in St. Paul? Well, I know, but. Tell everybody. We know, don't we? It's at yes. 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul, right between Lexington and Victoria. We're on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or uh, somebody's there this morning. I will be later. But, will you? Uh, okay. Yeah, you can give us a call at 651-228-1316. Very good. Let's go back to the phones. We promised that Charles in Minneapolis would be first up here. Thank you for waiting, Charles. What's your question? Hey, I got a 2007 Malibu. Goes through a little bit of oil and quite a bit of water. Uh, I was wondering, uh, it doesn't. I filled it up one time and it kind of drained out of the overflow. Mm-hmm. Could that just be the pressure cap? It, it could be. Um, the fact that it's using both oil and coolant bothers me a little bit. I probably would, although you've just gotten through the summer season without a problem, so... Uh, but oftentimes, well, one thing that I would check for sure is be sure that the coolant isn't going into the oil. You know, if you pull out the dipstick and the oil doesn't look like no more normal motor oil, if it's getting a funny color to it or if it's getting uh, uh, milky looking, uh, then you've got a bigger problem that's going to need to be fixed because it'll ruin the engine. But if the oil looks fine and if the coolant looks fine, I guess the next thing you should analyze is am I seeing a puddle, a little bit of a puddle where I park? And if it's leaking externally, uh, you know, it's something you just at least need to keep an eye on and be sure that the fluids stay full. But I always encourage people that if you're asking the question, it's bothering you, so you probably should bring it in and at least have it diagnosed. And then you can decide if it's worth fixing or not. But, mm-hmm. but you should know exactly what's going on and, That's a good and point. why it's doing it. Good luck with that, Charles. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's see who's next. Uh, Therese is calling from Oakdale. Therese, good morning. What's your question for Dan? I have a 2015 Fusion that just passed the 30,000-mile mark, and I've been bringing it to this dealer for every 5,000-mile check. In the last check, they told me that the car is so out of alignment now the tires are starting to wear. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of surprised at this because no one has mentioned an alignment to me before this. And just kind of wondering how often should one get an alignment? Do you have an idea of general cost? They want $150 for it. Um, And I'm just wondering if the car, it's like the tires are rated now four to five. So if I should get new tires, should I wait to have the alignment done before or after I get the new tires? Well, any of that works fine. Uh, The the alignment thing, tires are kind of funny. You know, when when they get, when they start wearing down to a particular spot, then they all tend to wear kind of funny. And so, you know, I would... I'm not sure about the alignment, but but the thing is with tires, they're so expensive now. You know, there lots of tires are up, you know, up as high as two hundred dollars a piece. And if you're going to spend that much on tires, it's probably a good idea to have the alignment checked anyway. Uh, so I probably would do that. You can certainly get it done for a lot less money than one hundred and fifty dollars. If if you're worried about that, uh, whoever puts your tires on will be able to do the alignment, and you probably should do the whole job at the same time. If we're selling somebody's t- some new, somebody new tires, we like to do the alignment after we put the tires on. So that's the order that I would do if I was you. But uh, but if you shop around, you can, uh, you know, 
you can get alignment really cheap. And just like everything, I don't want the cheapest one. I want the, the I want a, the I want a good quality yeah. one that's that's inexpensive. Yeah, so. good deal, good qualification. Good luck, right. Teresa. Teresa, thanks. Uh, Dave and Delano is uh, next up on the phone. Good morning, Dave. Well, good morning. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank you. I have a 2006 GMC Yukon, and I uh, I talked to a mechanic about putting uh, changing my fuel filter. I just assumed it was an inline fuel filter along the frame, and he says, you don't have it. It's in the gas tank. Uh, and I'm wondering, why would they put it in the gas tank, and how are you supposed to change it? <laughs> you don't change it. It's uh, it's way too complicated to change. It's uh, it's not a filter like what you're thinking of, that you know, the, the filter that used to be on the frame of the vehicle. It's more of a screen type thing that's, that's in the tank. And uh, quite honestly, I've never seen one plug, so... I question the effectiveness of them. If they if they were really effective, you'd think they'd get plugged up. But I've also seen, you know not seen very many fuel quality related problems when it comes to drivability either. So uh, it works, and uh, it's not serviceable. It's not worth taking the gas tank out of the car uh, to replace it. If ever you have to put a new fuel pump in and with that particular vehicle, there's a chance that you will. They're, they're actually quite common. Um, when you put a new fuel pump in, it'll come as an assembly that'll, that'll include the float uh, for the sending unit. It'll include the filter and all of that, and, and, you, and it will be installed as an assembly. But until that day, I would just not worry about it. Okay. Very good. Thanks, Dave. We need to take a quick bottom-of-the-hour break. When we come back, we're going to attack some of these text messages. Don't want to forget about our texters either, Dan, so we'll do that. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. We're in the midst of our car care show here on CCO. Don't forget, after the 8 o'clock news break is when our Smart Garden show gets uh, underway. In the meantime, Dan, we have a bunch of text messages. Let's see if we can help these folks out. Uh, 2000 Taurus, front rotors were warped, replaced the rotors and pads. Now, four months later, feels like they're warped again. What would cause this to happen again? Heat. You know, if they, if when you did the brake job, if it wasn't, if everything wasn't cleaned up properly, if all the rust wasn't cleaned from the slides of the uh, pads, uh, if the calipers aren't sliding on, on the bridges like they're supposed to, then brake, the brakes are slightly applied all the time. And the heating and cooling of metal causes it to warp. Uh-huh. So I would start over and uh, and get a good quality brake job, and I'm sure your problem will be solved. Texter says, good morning. Question for Dan about tire pressure. I aired up my tires <clears throat> excuse me, this morning getting ready for a trip. Car was in a warm garage, 55 degrees. Specs say 32 PSI. Pumped them up to 35 to compensate for temperature. And now on the road, the tire pressure light is on. Any ideas if that's a problem? They didn't say what kind of car it is. No, but it did not. Lots of cars uh, have a reset button uh-huh. or a reset procedure for the uh, for the tire light. Oh, so yeah. check your manual. Uh, Toyota, for example, has a button that you push and hold. Um, BMW and and Mercedes and Audi, it's in the com- you know the computer screen on the car, and you and you go in and find tires and and go through the. Uh, reset procedure, but uh, many cars, you just fill it up and, and it finds it and takes care of it. A lot of them, you have to go through a reset procedure. Okay. 
See another text here. 2007 Chevy Suburban. I have a ticking noise in my engine when I start it. Seems to go away, but ticks again when it idles. How do I get rid of it? Well, you might not want to get rid of it. I might not be able to need to get well you know you can you might not be willing to pay the price to get rid of oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> it could be it's it, it could be and of course ticks are hard because you can, i can't hear them but but uh, it's common on that vehicle where maybe one of the lifters is bleeding down a little bit and when the car sits if the if the lift the lifters are hydraulic oil is what pumps them up they're supposed to hold that oil when the car is parked if the, if the if the lifter is not holding the oil if it's leaking down a little bit because of seal uh, is causing it to leak, then when you start it up, it has to get pumped up again. And once it's pumped up, then it's fine. So if nothing changes, if nothing has changed for a long time, and if it, nothing changes for a long time again, uh, probably what you want to do is just live with it. Okay. It'll be fine. Dexter has a 2005 F-150, wondering why the transmission whines when it gets cold outside. Pumps do that. Uh, that's just the fluid is thick. Uh it's going through a, a you know small. It's going through small holes in the transmission, small orifices, and and fluid flowing makes noise. It's one of the things that car manufacturers try and get away from is you know eliminating that noise. But uh, when it gets severely cold, it just does that. And and one thing they could do is try changing the filter. Uh, sometimes that helps, but more than likely that won't make any difference either. Texter, I think we may have had this question before. Uh, a BMW 5 Series. Do I need to use premium fuel, and if so, why? <laughs> we'll talk in a couple of weeks. We're yes. going to talk about gas. But uh, you do need to use it if you want the performance out of the car that you paid for. Uh, I'll get into it later in a couple of weeks. But the, uh, the, the difference between a regular and a premium fuel is its resistance to pre-ignition. In other words, if the if the, just like on diesel fuel, diesel doesn't have a the diesel engine doesn't have a spark, it is just it ignites through pressure. Okay. And on a car, it'll do that too, with a poor quality uh, gasoline. And so, if you have a high compression engine, that gas can pre-ignite. If and the car's smart enough to tune itself down so that uh, it won't pre-ignite, so the car will run. And run seemingly fine on regular, but it won't. It, you won't get the high performance out of it that you're looking for because the car will have tuned itself down to eliminate that pre-ignition because it wrecks the engine. You don't want that pre-ignition happening in your car. I'd imagine so, you you would remind the texter too that read the manual, go with what the manufacturer. If they ask for premium, yeah. it's for a reason, yeah. and and yes, I would recommend using it. All right, another text, uh, 2010 Town & Country, 130,000 miles. Any harm in going from a 5W20 full synthetic back to a regular motor oil, 1030? I noticed after 4,000 miles it was really dirty. There's no reason uh, that you can't do that, but I don't understand the reason Why? that you would want to do that either. But, uh, no, that would be just fine, you know, and <laughs> on an old car that uh, perhaps consumes oil, at that point you're just keeping it alive anyway and uh, oil is oil and it'll do just fine. Uh, Texture says, I had a complete tune-up. My uh, 2003 Ford Taurus still wants to kill when in park or at a stop sign or stop lights. Spark plugs are new as well. Yeah, it's probably not ignition. It probably has more to do with idle stuff. Uh, could be as simple as cleaning the throttle plate and, and getting all the carbon 
uh, cleaned out of the engine properly. I think I'd uh, I'd ask someone to start over a little bit on the tune-up because somebody shouldn't have tuned your vehicle up and give it back to you with poor idle quality. That's kind of one of the things they should address in that. So uh, my recommendation would be take it back and have, have somebody look at it again. Uh, here's a text. Uh, remember, I wanted to pick up on the, some we missed uh, last week. Uh, here's one that uh, Dennis probably would be uh, interested in. Hi, Dan and Denny. My father has an old rusted Mustang that has been stored for nearly 39 years. Oh, my. Yeah. And I guess, uh, do you have any suggestions regarding a restore in the uh, area that does good work for a reasonable price? I don't know. Uh, uh, if there are a lot of them out there, there must I, be. There, I'm sure there are. I don't. I'm you not. Don't know that's them. not my, my world. Right. So I'm not. Dennis would know way more about that. And, in fact, they should probably just sell that car to Dennis and he'll, 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 he'll fix <laughs> it for right. him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I called on a Subaru for sale. Owner said all it needs is two front tires. The rears are new. I thought, uh-oh, red flag. Don't all wheel drive cars have to have equal tread in all four? Theoretically, uh, but there, there's no such thing as a car having exactly the same tread front and rear. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Or where the air pressure is even all, the same all the way around front and rear. So according, theoretically, so that all the wheels and tires turn at exactly the same speed, they're supposed to uh, be worn evenly and and i agree that you should keep them worn evenly you know you should rotate the tires properly but i would not be particularly concerned about buying a car that where the front or rear tires have been worn more than the others okay a text says good morning love your show i have a 28 honda ridgeline 180,000 miles on it that has all of its original parts is it common for the starter fuel pump alternator etc to last as long as they have in a honda yeah, very, very, very common. It's not unusual. Yeah, very common for a car to go. We hear it all the time where it'll go, you know, 200,000 miles or more and, you know, need nothing but uh, but regular maintenance, which in, which would include fluid changes and brakes and, and things like that. But uh, for a car not to wear out a mechanical part like that is very common. Texter says, this uneven brake pad wear, inside pad is worn, outside is good, Caliper piston or guide pin? Yeah, all that. All of the above. <laughs> something is stuck, and uh, something is either moving too much and, and something is not moving at all. And it, so something's not sliding properly. But, uh, yes, if you take the brakes apart and get all of those pieces that you just mentioned moving, uh, cleaned up, get all the rust off all of that, if you get all of that stuff cleaned up uh, – the brakes will no longer wear unevenly. They'll wear evenly. The trouble with too, Denny, or when when they're wearing unevenly, they're also not working very well. You know, they're only applying brake on one side, okay. and uh, that's not very efficient when it comes down to an emergency stop. So, speaking of stopping, we have to stop. That's it. Yeah, hit the we'll, brakes. Huh? We'll have hit the brakes. <laughs> we'll have more show next week. Making way for Jack Farrell here in a minute or two. Now, in the meantime, uh, if you want to get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's, how do we do that? Uh, look us up on the web. That'll give you all the information at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. You can come on over. We're at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul or give us a call, 651-228-1316. Final text here before we let you go. Texter says, about this other person, if you can afford a BMW, then you can afford to put 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to judge that way. No, we can't that. be that. We're not <laughs> no. judging. All right, Dan, we'll uh, see you down the road. Appreciate Thank you. it. Appreciate the help. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.